0: We are not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of others who do as well. By sharing stories of lived experiences, we expose depression for the lying bully that it is. Hello, Terry Mary.
1: <laughs> Hi, Bridget. So, one of our favorite things about talking to people with depression is hearing and learning new ways to describe the experience so we can better explain it to our partners, our friends, therapists, and selves. You probably remember when Dr. Duff described depression as a parasite Uh, in episode, right? In episode 106, which was called Stigma Impedes Recovery, John said, Depression's always in the background doing push ups. To describe the fear of relapse and today's guest introduces us to a new term she coined that we know many if not all of you will relate to
0: the impossible task is how molly bacchus describes the should be simple responsibilities that just become too big to deal with that could be showering doing the dishes the laundry returning a phone call or personally for me the so-called fun things like going out with a friend And you know all the other things that you're thinking about right now. I know you get it.
1: In a moment of simultaneous frustration and inspiration, Molly took to Twitter one day and started writing about the phenomena. She said from the outside, the sudden impossibility of the task makes zero sense. Quoting, the impossible task is rarely actually difficult. It's something you've done a thousand times. Prompting outsiders to say things like, why don't you just do it and get it over with? Or it would only take like 20 minutes. To which she replies, in caps,
0: oh, we know. Boy, do we. (laughs) The posts went viral, meaning lots of people read and commented on and shared them. Molly had definitely struck a chord. And in that magical way, naming something and talking about it opens the door for others to do the same. She started much needed discussions and made lots of people feel a little bit better about themselves because it's not just you or me.
1: Mm -hmm. So we called Molly to give her voice to depression and talk with us about the impossible task. Please listen to one of our favorite episodes from our archive this week as Bridget and I take some time to put together a video for a national mental health conference.
2: What I call the impossible task is all these really simple day-to-day things that for whatever reason, something, you get kind of a mental block about it and it just seems just insurmountable for some reason. And then you're also beating yourself up about, like, what a loser you are. <laughs> you can't do this thing that should be so simple. Um, and so it's sort of guilt and shame and anger in addition to what you're already going through with depression, anxiety, etc.
1: Molly sarcastically notes another cool thing about the impossible task is that it changes on you. Or as she puts it, one time it might involve calling someone but maybe you work around it by emailing. But another time, it's an email issue. And just when you think you've got it pinned down, you suddenly can't do the dishes. Or maybe your bed becomes the mountain you just can't climb.
2: One time when I was in a very bad depressive phase, um, I couldn't make my bed for some reason for an entire month. Um, I had the, I had all, I had clean sheets <laughs> and they were folded and sitting on the <laughs> edge of my bare mattress um, and they were all ready to go and all I had to do was stretch the sheets over my bare mattress and for whatever reason I just couldn't do it um, and so I ended up sleeping on the couch uh, with like just like an Afghan quilt for a month <laughs> a month um, and then. You know, things got easier, the darkness lifted a little, um, and then there was a day that I was able to make my bed, and I started sleeping in my bed again.
1: In the keeping it real category, my version of the Clean Sheets Unmade Bed in Depression Challenge is to sleep on my bare mattress. My clean sheets are likely on the floor with a pile of clothes. Like you, I know sleep is important, and that a made bed is more comfortable, but I just can't
0: care.
2: It's almost impossible to explain to people outside of the experience Mm
0: -hmm. um,
2: because if you are in a sort of healthy state of mind, it's very difficult to look at something as simple as making your bed, something that will take you five minutes, and understand why, you know, why couldn't, why can't you do that? Um, And so that was all on my mind the day that I sat down and started tweeting about it.
1: And the unmade bed stays the unmade bed, but the undone laundry or the undone dishes or the clothes on the floor compound. Exactly. So it even gets worse and you're watching this shameful situation grow.
2: Right. And then the voice in your head or or your spouse or your family members or your friends or whatever are saying you know, why don't you just do it? If you just do it, it's five minutes or, you know, but then as it grows, then it's not five minutes anymore. Then it's 20 minutes, then it's a half an hour, it's <laughs> an hour. And so it actually becomes more impossible sort of the longer
1: you let it sit there. And then because words matter, Molly stops. She doesn't like the phrase she used, let it sit there.
2: That, I mean, that makes it sound like it's, you know, your fault. Um, and I, I truly don't think it is. I think it's it, it becomes this thing that you are sort of fighting. <laughs> it's like this dragon that you have to slay. Um, so even though to outsiders it might look like something very simple, um, it's not just a... I think people often feel that they are being lazy um, or that people, that they are being week. Um, and I don't like that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly subject to that kind of thinking myself, but I really try to discourage it in, um, in others (laughs) and, and often in myself too. (laughs) It's easier to be nice Mm -hmm. to other people than it is to be nice to, you know, yourself
1: sometimes. Yes. And I, I've noticed that there are times I'm almost oblivious to (laughs) <laughs> what what would be in a healthy state of mind, an unacceptable surrounding, and I'll walk in the door from something and be like, oh, wow. I mean, if if I needed somebody to come into my house before I had a chance to change this, they would really be concerned because I realized there's clothes all over the floor. The bed's unmade. There's dishes in the sink. And, and I, I wasn't even really aware it had gotten that bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We... Part of it is, I mean, you have to necessarily become blind to it or else it's just going to make you <laughs> really, like, you know, make you feel worse every day. Um, but mm-hmm. also part of it is I, I really think it's sort of a emotional triage. And so if you are just struggling to, like, the day that you managed to leave the house means that you already put in a lot of work to, like, get out of bed mm-hmm. and possibly take a shower and get dressed. And so that all took a huge amount of mental effort. And so in order to accomplish all that, it's almost like your brain had to, like, not look very closely at the dishes <laughs> or whatever, just to protect yourself.
1: Interesting. And you gave an example in one of your tweets about needing a ride to get a prescription.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was... um that's another example that I think, um, really resonated with people. And, um, what happened there was I was living in Chicago. And so I lived like it was, it was honestly like two or three blocks away from the drugstore. Um, and so it was a very easy walk, (laughs) less than 10 minutes. Um, and I had a prescription of antidepressants that I needed to fill and for whatever reason that had become my impossible task.
1: Molly clarifies that in her and our defense picking up your meds like other tasks is actually a series of steps. You've got to get dressed maybe even shower before that, find your keys, your wallet, your phone, actually leave your house, get to the store, interact with people. And these days that involves masks or no masks, which is its own stressor. And then stand in line and talk to the pharmacist about your prescription.
2: And then there's like the chance that they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, it's expired. And then maybe they'll have to call the doctor and like that's so annoying and then maybe they'll say oh we can't give it to you oh the doctor says you have to come see them first and then you're like oh no like so you start to imagine all the ways that it could be difficult right um and so I just couldn't do it I couldn't get there
1: fortunately and by design Molly has understanding friends including some who have their own mental health challenges and one of them stepped up
2: it's like embarrassing to think about, but it was what I needed. Drove me those two blocks to the pharmacy and walked inside with me and stood with me at the counter while I, you know, went and talked to the pharmacist and got my prescription. It was extremely painless. <laughs> it was not it did not involve any of the things that I had imagined might happen, but um just having another human being there with me was the thing I needed and it was such a great gift.
1: A great gift. Boy, if we could ask for and accept help with that attitude instead of feeling like we're some loser burden, it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? So another tweet Molly posted that day was one we all need to hear from time to time. She wrote, Despite what depression tells you, this will not last forever. There will be a day when you will be able to tackle a whole stack of old mail or drive straight to the post office or get out of bed without effort. There may even be a day you want to.
2: That to me is one of the most important messages to remind myself and remind other people that because depression always I mean, I'm again I'm speaking for myself, I'm not a doctor, but I in my experience depression always says like This is your new normal. This is what it's going to feel like for the rest of your life. Better get used to it. But at this point, I've been through it so many times that I know that's not true.
1: Another thing that's not true, though you have probably thought it is if you live with depression, you are not a burden. It's okay to not be okay and to need to ask for help. And we know that is much easier said than done. So we asked Molly to share about a time she helped someone else with their impossible task so we could hear about it from the helper's perspective and see if it really is a big burden.
2: I think I had said, like, let's hang out or something. And he said, I don't like I don't want you to come over because I don't want you to see how disgusting my house is. And I said, oh, it's fine. I've been there. And he's like, no, it's really bad. And I was like, no, no, I get it. I, I've been there. And he's like, I can't, like, I'm so embarrassed of how gross my house is. And I said, you know what, like, how about I just come over and I'll just spend the day helping you clean out your house? Because, like, for whatever reason, it's it would have been impossible to clean my own house, but I could clean his house, no problem, <laughs> you know? Um and so I came over and we started throwing things away and took a bunch of stuff to Goodwill.
1: It can really shift the energy to get it done, whatever the it is. The, as you said, the longer you wait, the bigger it seems. And, and once it's done, it's just sort of like, oh, you know, my house looks normal. Maybe I'll start to feel that way, too.
2: But something that stops a lot of us is, is we're embarrassed or we think like, I don't want to ask for help because I know all my friends are going through things already or they're so busy or they're so whatever, but like we discount the fact that sometimes helping someone else helps us, right? Like if you go and you clean somebody else's kitchen for them, you walk away with the same sense of lightness and accomplishment that you would have with your own kitchen. And so that's why I think sort of asking Like, co-depression friends is nice (laughs) for help because because you don't, for me at least, I don't feel as much like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry to, like, be a burden to you. I'm just like, I need this now, and you know that when you need help, I will be there to help you. And it feels much more just like an even transaction, like, this is just the reality. We both, you know, we both get into stuck sometimes, and we need somebody to unstick us a little bit.
0: unstick us a little bit. Mm-hmm. The only way that we even know who our code depression friends are, to use Molly's phrase, is if we talk about what we're going through. And yeah. that includes like all of our challenges and our struggles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's there's bravery in it, you know, there's transparency and bravery in it. I agree. And and I think that if we said even to none,
1: what did she call them? co-depression friends even if we said to to somebody who isn't just like hey you know i could use a little bit of help here you know i could use a hand um i actually have a friend like that and it she does not have depression and it's pretty amazing how when she leaves i feel like i can do this you know so i really understand what molly was saying and appreciate uh the, the message
0: absolutely
1: We are going to make a post on Facebook, by the way, asking what your impossible task is. So if you're not already on the page, um, come on over and check it out if you're on Facebook and and let us know, because it'll be interesting to see if lots of us have the same ones. What's yours, Bridge? Well,
0: I'd rather say this. (laughs) You're, you're in um, charge Carrie of yourself. has decided that she is going to blog about some of hers and she's going to include some pictures that would be her <laughs> word, quote unquote, shameful if she cared. But the podcast <laughs> is all about normalizing mental illnesses. So we can't do that when we're hiding behind a mask of perfection. So if you want to peek behind the messy curtain... My uh, messy go curtain, we'll even talk about yours. <laughs> I don't have a messy curtain, I go the other way. I'm like, so you do, you I'm do. So, I don't really, yeah, I mean, whatever. Okay, we all have our ways of dealing and reacting, and some of us do the opposite of what I wasn't judging. Their big sisters do, <laughs> <laughs> they're messy big sisters, yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, come onto our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, click on podcasts, and then scroll down to um, this one, which is called The Impossible Task, and look at Terry's. Be able to see my big old mess. <laughs> Ta da! Oh, man. You're very brave. You're very brave. Yeah, wait till you see it. So
1: that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode and we hope that in the meantime you enjoy what is now officially summer and uh, keep yes. yourselves safe from the many threats out there
0: and thank you as always for listening thanks molly thanks molly bye bridge Bye-bye.